This is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Yake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that he practices every day that allows him to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader shares his personal journey of living out his daily life with intention. His intentional decisions have allowed him to explore his passions and discover his journey as a father, an entrepreneur, and a success coach. His personal journey allows him to be a great inspiration for others, including myself. Listen in as he teaches us and learn how to apply these simple techniques to your life and live your life with success every day. Eric G. Reed is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show 35 starts now. Welcome to the program, Eric. I'm so excited to be here with you. I cannot believe Eric G. Reed is on Everyday <laughs> Leaders 50 and 50. Wow. Exhilaration. You connected to me through John Maxwell, and I said, I am intentionally leaving the conference and going to have a mastermind. And and you kind of you kind of said, hey, can I join in and it was so great because I thought wow this guy has been has lived he's been a mentor he's lived the experience he can really help us and add value to what we're learning and boy you did that and more (laughs) it was crazy so first of all let me thank you for kind of entering my life at a place that I needed some guidance some structure some some inspiration and People that I have connected to on the mornings, on Facebook Live, I share your your things that you're doing. So I can't wait to have you share with us all the things that inspire you so that people can connect to you. And um, just really my heart, Eric, thanks you for coming on the program today. Thank you. But I think you're being a little kind or at least gracious. I don't think I like gently tapped and said, could I join? I think I was like that rude person at the family dinner that says, are you going to finish that? And reached over and took stuff off your plate because you had put together such a dynamic group of people. I was like, I got to get in the room, even if it looks rude. So, <laughs> Well, you taught us so much. And, and I know I'm going to do a little plug for John Maxwell and the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth because that book changed it changes everybody's life. But as you took me through and helped me learn kind of the principles and the content and the structure behind the teaching, um, it's kind of like we had a, a mini John Maxwell on our on our masterminds. And so it was great. It's like, hey, think about this. But why I love you, Eric, is because you're such a visual. When we talk about radio and podcasting, uh, and now you're doing more live. You've been committed for so many days on Facebook Live, 8 a.m. Success Coaching Live. Eric G. Reed, I love it. Uh, but you're such a visual to be able, if somebody closed their eyes and you take them through a story about connecting their soul, connecting their purpose, connecting their mission, and it really makes people step back and say, oh, you're right. I get it. You explain it and simplify it in such a way that people can understand that, you know, they too can have success. I love that. Well, I think 
you've heard the expression K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. Um, I, I walk through life with that T-shirt on because I think, I have to think very simply or simplistic. Um, I had an undiagnosed learning disability. I struggle. I mean, when I say struggle, I mean like laying on the bedroom floors, crying at night, trying to get through homework. That for me to record information, it's often in a storytelling visual way. Mm-hmm. And so when I learn and when I share and when I teach, I go to the way that I learn. And I think it's an easy way sometimes of guiding somebody into an unknown situation or thought is through a story, through visualization, through connection points. So it's not as orchestrated as it may appear. It really is the way I process information and then I share information that way. So have you always been like, this has always been your gift from when you were little? Telling stories? Yeah. When I was little, my mother would call it lying. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know what I mean. But I think, I don't know. I remember being told that I was the family historian. Like I was always remember when and recording and playing back our family history for people at tables. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I think I've always been an observer. Mm-hmm. And because, again, I struggled reading and writing and all of that, I think I learned best by watching and then modeling, copying, failure, experiment, going, try it again. That I would say that as I focused in on how I learned, it made me a better learner, which gave me the ability to become a better teacher, coach, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, because it is your strength, have you, I have to ask you, have you taken the test in the book Strengths Finder? I have, and I, my ADD, I forgot what it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I know actually is one of the strength finders. I know I have high creativity and high um, risk, I think are two things that Strength Finder says that I have a high risk tolerance and high creativity. Mm-hmm. And I would say high learner. I know that that's um, one of the top five for a lot of people that think like you because that identifies people that want to connect to the world in so many facets. You're open, your mind is open to experiencing things that can teach you, being, you know, the law of awareness, obviously, is things that we always talk about. But if you open your mind to becoming aware of those things that are around you, you learn from them and through them. And it helps you become yeah. connected to whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, right? That's that's what we coach, right? I, I think I've always had a curiosity. I mean, in our house when we grew up, and I, I'm amazed at the houses still, there's no laundry chutes in modern houses. But in our house when we grew up, we had a laundry chute. And if you went in the bathroom and closed the door to open the laundry chute, you could hear everything that was going on in the house. Oh, wow. And so you would often find me like eavesdropping on everything that was going on in the house. So I think I've always had a curiosity for knowing what people were saying sort of when they weren't putting on pretense or when you weren't face-to-face, that conversation that was going on when you were out of the room. Mm Mm-hmm which led to my naturalness of wanting to know more about people, culture, ideas. And sometimes in coaching, 
you may be saying one thing, but I sort of go to my laundry chute kind of mind, and it's like, yeah, but I hear something else mm-hmm. going on in the background that we need to bring up. Uh, and see that strength that you you just were so tuned into the things that you were that were pulling you. Right. I mean, I think here I a visual. I think of Eric with a glass on the wall now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Listening in your oh, office. <laughs> but it's it is true because as a listener, as a coach, that's what you do so well. And I've seen you do it on Facebook Live. I hear you do it with us. You know, I need to pay you a million dollars for the things that you've taught me through the last few years. And because you are so good at intently trying to connect the information to what somebody's really experiencing. And so you are so, you are gifted at that. Thank you. I'll receive that. Um, I, I love when I can hear what somebody else doesn't hear yet and being the person that just magnifies it or amplifies it. And then all of a sudden like, Oh my gosh, where'd that come from? I'm like, it kind of came from you. I'm just echoing it back. <laughs> um, like I'd love to take the credit, but it was your brilliance. I just happened to be, you know, the echo chamber that you were standing in. Um, and that's what I really love about what I get to do is, you know, yeah, being in a room and and I hear what you're hearing, but I don't think you hear what you're hearing. Right. And so I work really hard at getting you to hear what you're saying in a way that it connects back to you, not to me. And when I see that whole thing happen, I just get drawn in more and more. And I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat and I'm leaning down into the conversation because I'm like, oh, if, if, if you can hear yourself, if you could just hear yourself, Man, you'd be transformed. So, how do I help you do that? That's uh, so is what I love to do. That is so important. You are because, and and I don't know. I mean, you people go through life and they connect to people, right? There's that spark. And I hate to say you said, oh, I just I kind of sabotaged your mastermind group, but you didn't. You came in and you really added value to us. It wasn't I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to join in because this, you know, I just want to do this you really connected to us and helped us through learning and that's what you do so well. And it is because you have learned that from very young and this book strengths finders, if nobody has taken that, it's a great assessment to be able to say, what are the things that I naturally do that I've done all through my life and how do I connect that to a purpose? So for you, you have your, your coaching, your success coaching, you have podcasting, you do Facebook lives every single morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a plug for that because it is people can can connect to you for just a few minutes and or replay or whatever. But you take them through a story, a challenge, a process of here's what I'm thinking today as a Dr. Holly Kelly would say a perspective. Right. But it is a teaching mm-hmm. where it's just you thinking into and feeling, um, a a way or a thought or an idea and you, you go with it. You know, it's not a, you may write it out, you may study it, but, but as successful people begin to uh, do what they do every day, it looks really easy. It's a really easy thing. It's a natural thing for you because you've been doing it for so long, you know, you're 40 years old. And so (laughs) you've been doing it for a long time. (laughs) 
<laughs> right here? It's only I was 40. I had to, like, beg to be in the 50 and 50 group because I was moving into the 60 and 60 room. No, um, but it's true, and that's why I my soul connected to you. And so having you on this program is about helping people find their inspiration when they're stuck, when they don't have a place of peace, you know, to say, well, I wish I could do, or I haven't thought about, or I don't know the steps to take. So my program is kind of a coaching program for people to listen to when they can and feel that connection to my guest so that uh, they can figure out the next step in their life. And we talk about living with success, but what does that really look like? You've had a lot of challenges. Uh, When I met you, you didn't live in the United States. A beach in Uruguay. Yeah. (laughs) It's calling me. (laughs) (laughs) A beach in Uruguay. And And so many people in my life have transitioned from, I've had to move everything in my life to a different location physically. And so if you're, if you're moving, you know, in your life for a purpose or you move physically, you've done both of those. And so I want you to talk about, you know, being in Uruguay and that those things that you had to do when you found out you were going to move, right? A lot of people haven't experienced this, but how you just very seamlessly because of the consistency in your life, you were able to kind of use that as a, as a champion, you moved and it's been successful and not all easy, but I want you to talk about that experience. So, so I think when somebody would listen in there, like somebody sold their house in Georgia and ended up in a beach in Uruguay. How does anybody do that? (laughs) You know, the hands go up like, Oh my God. And then show up on HGTV with House Owners International and had two kids in towed and didn't speak the language. Exactly. Like your hands just keep going up like, okay, this is crazy. <laughs> but when you're in the process and you're working the process and you're head down focused on whatever the next just best step is, doing that, all of a sudden you step off a plane and you're in Uruguay and it's like, how did we get here? Because it wasn't one big massive move or decision. Even moving across town, you pack up box by box. You don't just throw everything in one big box and drag it down the street. So it began with a very logical and thought out plan. Like we want to be in a country that speaks Spanish. We want to be in a time zone that's fairly parallel to the U.S. I want to develop a business that isn't location dependent. I want to be in a country that doesn't have heavy visa residency requirements. You know, and so it's like, what do I want? So I set the vision of what I wanted or the goal and narrowed it down from all of South North America or South America in Central America, down to two or three countries, down to Uruguay versus Argentina, down to Uruguay. Okay, so now I had the goal in mind. (laughs) Then it was, what is it going to take to get there? Well, dude, you need to develop a business that's non-location dependent. You need to have cash in hand. You need to liquidate current stuff. And so each thing had to be done in the logical order to set up the next thing, that it wasn't an overnight decision But when we reached that point, and I'd say it was about two and a half, three years worth of stepping into it, but some steps very long and slow and some rather quick, when we literally got off the plane in Uruguay, it was like, oh, we're here. Now what? Mm -hmm. We had not even planned. (laughs) I I mean, do not think this was well organized. We get off the plane. 
We meet the rent-a-car. I rented the largest car they have, which barely holds four people, let alone four people with two international-sized suitcases. <laughs> so we were sitting on suitcases, and they were like, you know, hanging out. The you, you've seen vacation movies like that. Oh, yeah. We start driving, and stupid me forgot that I don't have a GPS because my phone doesn't work because my SIM card is still in Georgia. Oh, my God. So how are we going to get to our house, which is like two and some mile, two hours and something away from where we're at? And we don't have a GPA and a GPS, and I don't speak Spanish, and I can't read <laughs> Spanish really well going 60 kilometers an hour. So the only solution I had at the moment was just remember that the ocean, or as we call it in Uruguay, the sea has to stay on my right. And so we'd like, yep, there's the sea. Got to be going in the right direction. Yep, there's the sea. We're going in the right direction. So that was the beginning of the journey. And then we come crashing on a toll bridge. And I'm like, we don't have Uruguayos or pesos to pay the oh I've got $100 bills in U.S. because I wanted to have cash on hand for when we started living. So the exchange rate was like 30 to 1. Mm -hmm. And so it was like... You need a dollar seventy-five U.S. and the only thing I have is a hundred-dollar bill. <laughs> Even in the U.S., that would seem kind of ridiculous. But then remember that that hundred-dollar bill is really about three thousand pesos. Mm -hmm. So I mean, the adventure. There's, I think, to move from where you're at to where you're going, you need to have a strategic plan. But you got to be open to the experience and the adventures and the challenges. And say, you know what, I'm just going to roll with it. I'm just going to roll with it. Yep. I don't have every detail of everything planned out. I just know what the big picture is going to look like. And as long as I keep the sea on my left or right, as long as I keep the big picture in sight, as long as I have some pieces of it planned out, I'm okay. I'll keep going. That's gold. What you just said is gold for listeners because so many times, right, we experience things and we think, yeah, I'm not where I want to be. I don't know what that future looks like. I'm afraid. I I don't I don't have an idea where in your story. I don't have an idea where to get a GPS. I don't have a map. If I can just find that one thing to focus on, which in your case was was the landscape, right? Because you knew if that would at least take you in the right direction. But so important for so many of us. We don't, we can't have it figured out. There's so many people in my life because I am the unstructured person. <laughs> I, I surround myself with structured people that can help me. And because I don't really have, right, that, that whole thing of what's that five-year goal look like. I don't know. I know what today looks like. And I know what, how it feels to connect to others and to be able to inspire people. But in five years, if you said, you know, what are you going to do uh, in January of 2023? I might say something like, I'm going to be on my sailboat traveling around the world. That would be a dream, right? Well, how are you going to make that happen? Well, like you've taken this through, you've got to start putting things in place if you really desire that end result. And those details in the middle may change. They may change a lot, <laughs> but you have to keep focused on that goal. Oh, and I have, and I'm like you, like I'll come up with one of those great ideas 
And then I'll look around and go, okay, everybody go execute. (laughs) (laughs) And they'll look at me like, we haven't even like finished processing this. (laughs) You and your Barnum and Bailey circus need to sit down for a minute while the rest (laughs) of us get this figured out. And I'm already like halfway down the road onto the next thing up in my hot air balloon, sprinkling, you know, whatever it is I've got going on. But what I've also learned is that in order for me to get the other people in the car, on the boat, whatever, I've got to have some kind of structure that they can connect to. And I think as leaders and bosses and team, you know, influencers, that we often lead from vision when what our teens, our spouses, our families need isn't the same thing because they don't have the vision yet. They haven't even gotten on the plane. They don't understand we'll just use the right side of the road and make sure the sea's on it. You got to give them the things that they need in order to buy in. And once they've built up this sort of history of trust with you, like, yeah, he's a big, big vision thinker. He always leaves the breadcrumbs for us to follow. We're on board. The success begins to, the momentum picks up. I mean, trust me, when we got in the car at the airport, even shoving the two kids in the backseat without car seats, <laughs> didn't realize we should have brought those as well. Um, <laughs> that wasn't part of my plan. It was just to rent the car and drive to the house and figure mm-hmm. it out from there. So piling them in and the suitcases and all that. Trust me, I looked across and the other half was going, this is not going as planned. <laughs> but you know that but lesson. they also had the ability they were able to look at me and go, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna buy into his belief because that's what got us here. So I'm gonna suspend my need to know for just a little bit. And then my job as a leader, the influencer, the vision setter in this case, was to like keep them in the, the journey long enough to see the outcome. Mm-hmm. It's that lesson you touch the heart before you ask for a hand, right? You you bring them to a place that they also believe what you believe. And then you support that mm. with all the other things, that consistency, that encouragement, that spirit, that design, that that commitment, right? And they see that in you as kind of that mentor and believe, beca- start to believe, have those same beliefs and that pattern. And that's what helps you create your journey because then you get inspired by and through that. So that's what you're so good at, Eric. It was a wonderful adventure. We spent three years. Everybody now knows that when I say let's go, it's adventure day, (laughs) that they now pack a snack. (laughs) My kids, the first time we went adventure day, we got lost for two hours. It was so cool because we discovered this thing. But they were starving. The gas tank was running empty. Stress was high in the back seat and the passenger side, but I was fine. So now, after you know that adventure, I'll say, "Let's go have an adventure day." And I hear, "Can it, what's the gas tank read?" And then I'll hear the kids say, "Can we get two snacks?" <laughs> like, look, we're all in, but we need some things in the back seat because right. we don't trust you're going to stop. <laughs> and I'm like, "Get your snacks. Gas tank is full. Got cash in the pocket. Let's go." But we all now experience the adventure because we've been through it together. That's right. And and so once you experience that, right, you understand kind of the the reduced fears, I guess you can say, 
is if we try to do that again, if we went on an adventure with dad, <laughs> this is what it could look like again. And maybe we can um, do things to, to help that journey because now they're, they're at that space. They're not afraid to go with you. They know kind of what it's going to look like. They've, you've created that path for them in their mind. And so you've opened them up to the opportunities to say, it's okay to be adventurous. It's okay. Yeah. Right. And that's a gift. Uh, because so many people have fears of just doing something outside of their comfort zone. And they are afraid yeah. to allow themselves, give themselves the permission, right, to do something different. And so the things that you've done in your life really speak to the things that you're able to coach people through, right? We talk about you can't well, take someone on a journey that you job. haven't been on, right? Yeah, I think it's our job is you and I, those creative, bubbly, you know, take risk kind of personalities to, to teach people how to, to take hold of that permission. So my son, very cautious, very high speed, very like, oh, he frustrates me because walking across a room for him could be an adventure someday. So I'm just like, dude, come on. Um, he has learned that he does not get to back down when I say, we're going to go do this. He'll throw up his arms, he'll complain, he'll fight it, but I will not let him out of it. And he's now, the, 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 the pinnacle of being dad to me was one day, he was like, you know, it was funny, I didn't want to do this, and I'm glad we did, because I had fun. I was like, that's all I want you to know, honey. That's all I want you to know as a parent, as a coach, as a whatever, that we may not want to do it, but if we dive in to do it, we could have fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I'd like to retire now as a dad and check out and go sit in a hot air balloon in the middle of the wine country, but I still got work to do. But I think that's sort of what it's about when you come in contact with other people is to just leave permission slips laying around for them to go out and explore what they could do, what they've always been afraid to do to encourage to inspire, to motivate, to direct, to just start sort of passing out permission slips for people to live bigger than what they did the moment before you stepped in. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Live bigger than the moment. And that's, that's a permission. We talk to so many people, you and I both do, that are, are experiencing this. And I think that's why I'm concentrating on it so much. There's something that's pulling me into giving people that permission, understanding that, that they have the ability to change the things that they experience in their world. And so many times we look outside to others and say, I wish I could, or I wish I was included in, or I wish this without seeing it's that law of reflection, right? We see the world as kind of our own perspective instead of moving through to say, if I was able to do something different, maybe I would begin to see the world differently. So now that you've lived in Uruguay, you see things as, well, I, I here's how I connect to the language. Here's how I connect to the currency. Here's how I connect to the internet. You learned all of those things because you allowed yourself to experience it. Now you see it differently. You begin to change in the world. I think not only I, I, I learned it because of experience, but I learned it from necessity. I could not. Mm -hmm. Do those like in order to survive, I had to step up and step in. Mm -hmm. 
to whatever the moment was requiring of me. And I think sometimes, so a person of faith, um, there's a song and it says, God hasn't brought me this far to leave me alone. When I'm like standing at that wall and it looks black and it's tumbling and the light, you know, like, okay, this is a crappy day. I sort of like, okay, God, I know you have not brought me this far to just leave me here. Like that just does not even make logical sense to me. So I'm just going to sit here and wait on you to come back and pick me up mm-hmm. and move me to the next place. Mm-hmm. And I visually see that in my life where I feel like I've gotten through some stuff or moved through some stuff and all of a sudden a crap happens or I hit a stuck point or I feel defeated. I'm like, okay, God, I know you did not bring me up to this point to just leave me sitting here. So when you get a moment, could you come, and God and I have a very weird relationship, could you come back here and pick my butt up and get me back on track to where we're supposed to end up? Because I know this is not where I'm supposed to end up. And if this is where you think I'm going to be ending up, you and I need to have a conversation, (laughs) so come back here anyhow. Exactly. It's having that faith, though. Mm -hmm. Well, and it also, I mean, look around you. Really, everything that's outside of me, nothing stops growing and creating and changing. So why would my life, the only thing in the entire universe, be subject to stuckness, permanency? There's nothing permanent in the universe. So why should I be the only person subject to being permanent? Mm -hmm. So whatever I'm experiencing right now is only for now. It's not for always. So get over it and get into it. Now, I, you just reminded me, this kind of pinged in my brain, because I'm so, I'm so happy that you're here to share with us. But you taught me a lesson in one of our classes, the 15 Laws of Growth, um, the law of design, and we were talking about the plant, when you, when you have a potted plant, and you're growing, because personal growth, professional growth, business growth, career growth, whatever it is, what people are experiencing, when you change... You have to change your surroundings. And so take me through, and I'm putting you on the spot here, but the lesson of the potted plant from your mouth, because you teach it so well. Oh, now I'm going to have to like go back into that <laughs> moment. But I think the one, I'm just going to tell everybody that's listening, my brilliance is not permanent. It comes and goes like old people's brilliance sometimes does. So if I don't get the lesson exactly right, Maybe it's because it has changed and evolved to a new lesson that's unique for today. How's that for that's setting good. myself up? No, that's good. That's good. So potted plants, we all pick them up. We all have them in our home. We all see them. And for a period of time, whatever the pot that we buy it in is sufficient. It's got the nutrition and the space and the, you know, the life force around it is equal to what the plant needs in that moment. And the plant doesn't look out at the pot and go, okay, I've only got this much resource, so I'm going to slow down my growth. I'm going to alter my growth. I'm going to stop my growth so I don't use it up. No, the plant's like, I'm sorry, I'm growing, and I'm going to keep growing. And when this pot becomes too small, and we see this, that the, the roots start to stick out the bottom or they grow over the edge or they you know, start to wrap in and among themselves, and the pot's like, okay, y'all need to get out of my way pot, so to speak. I need to, I need more space. I need more. I need bigger. I need deeper roots and longer roots and more nutrition. And so the pot doesn't, the plant doesn't say, oh, I'm going to only be such a big plant because the size of the pot I'm in. The plant's like, I'm going to grow it to my fullest potential. And if this plant pot isn't big enough, 
trust me, I'll find a way to bust out of it and find what I need to do to grow. And I've had this happen where you set like a potted plant in the backyard and then you go to lift it up and all of a sudden it's like rooted itself into the ground, mm-hmm. like it's grown out of the bottom of the pot or over the edge and it, it's not going to stop. And so often I think we look at the resources that we currently have at hand and say, well, based on the resources that I currently have, this is all the bigger my business can be, my life can be, my relationship can be. So I might as well start slowing down now mm-hmm. instead of saying, I'm just going to keep growing until I outgrow this pot and trust that I'll be planted where I need to be next for more nutrition and value and resources. So perfect. And it, that is such another great visual because it is so true. And, and you feel when you're feeling that stuckness, that maybe that boredom, I know we probably feel it more than others because we don't like the routine. We have that creativity spark of, Hey, change is good. Like change can get me to the next space that I want to be in. But for people that are, you know, like your son, the C's, right? Then the disc profile, the C's are very cautious, the very, you know, methodical, um, for them to experience some type of energy of change, that's really scary. Maybe I don't want to grow. Maybe I like things the way that they are. But I think our message is, as we try to inspire people, you, the world is waiting for you to be able to experience so much more and give back and add value to so many things that you have connections to. You have the ability to help others in, in the journey. And so staying. Well, and I would, and I would, I was going to say, I want to touch back on the C's because they always feel like the left out group Mm -hmm. when they're compared to you and I, you and I are the weeds. You can like pick us up and toss us in any kind of dirt and we'll figure out a way to make it work. And that's where we sort of thrive in the challenge and in the, you know, making whatever's happening happen. The C's, don't be afraid to say, you know what, I'm stuck. The life that I'm living, the place that I'm at, the business I'm running, whatever it is, it's not what I want. I know this. I feel this. But I'm afraid to take that sort of weed approach and just jump into the next plot of dirt, so to speak, keeping the analogy alive. That's okay. Because what C's do best is they can analyze and say, what kind of soil? What do I need around me? Who do I need around me? Right. Where is this most available? How? And if they can like create the perfect pot, the next big pot for them in their life, they're all into moving into it. And so if your personality is like my son's, and I have to be very clear and understand that his need needs certainty, then I'll say, look, so what is it you do best? Where do you do it best? Mm-hmm. Who do you do it best around? When have you made a change in the past that worked out well for you? Is that opportunity near you now? What would it take for you? And see, the coaching piece of it comes out that I'm like, look, I see what you need, and I see the way that you can see it. So let's go for your change in your format and in your style. Exactly. Whereas, like I said, you and me, they can just pull us up by our roots and toss us over the fence, and we'll figure out a way to make it grow. It's so true. And it's so important because as coaches, you know, we've been taught, we learn to pay attention and become aware of different people's needs to meet them where they are. And so it can be more of a comfortable move, a comfortable change, but setting them themselves up for success 
which is to prepare them for everything that, that how is it going to look when it's different, right? How, how will that look? Closing your eyes and saying, if you went on this journey and believe that you could do this or have this or achieve this, how would that make you feel? How would that be in that space? Uh, one of the things that you did so well in the very beginning when we started connecting, Eric, was you always asked the question, you know, about if you're trying to grow a business, you know, what does your customer look like? But not only just what do they look like, all the components in their life. Where do they shop? Where do they go get groceries? Where do they go get fast food? Where do they go to the movie theaters? You know, where do they do it for vacation? Like all of those things, um, really building the entire complement um, of the growth, right? And so if you're trying to connect to a customer, if you're trying to connect to your future, what are, if you close your eyes, what are all those things that will surround you? And how does that feel? How comfortable is it in that zone when you change? And that's what we want to help people get to, right? That journey of it's okay to grow and change. And some things may, you may be able to take those things along with you. And some things you may lose, right? You, you may not have those same experiences now as you grow. And that's what, um, you know, people have to kind of be okay with <laughs> in learning that process. So, because some people have never, again, allowed themselves to be in a space to say, what is personal growth? You know, how am I going to really start to lead myself and my life and my journey? It's always been, I work at this job. I've, I've been in this family. Here's my position in this family, right? And these are my responsibilities. And people get so caught up in the day-to-day that they forget to journal and they forget to explore and they forget to adventure and they forget that it is really about their life and their purpose, Hey, yes, and I was like about to do amen, but um, I love I love business. I love, and I think it's because I'm an observer. Um, but I have somebody I'm speaking with that lives in South Africa. They run a water plant, a bottled water plant, and we are exchanging ideas and masterminding on how to grow the business. And it was like, have you run a water plant before? Like, how do you know that? I'm like, I don't know your business but I know what you want your business to look like. And I know people. And so I need to bring those two pieces together because otherwise, you know, and so that, as you had described, I really love that piece. But I also love when somebody on the one-on-one coaching thing Mm -hmm. um, says, I want to make a change. And then they pull out this entire dump truck full of things they want to do. I'm like, shoot, you're a bigger man than me. I couldn't handle all that at once. Let's go in and just find like one shift, one shift. If you created one shift in the next 24 hours, what would it look like? Mm -hmm. And then we sort of go through that butterfly um, effect of like, if you just one shift, what would be, what would it look like at the end of the week? If we held to it, what would it look like at the end of the month, the end of the year, the end of a lifetime, if you stayed in that mode, and then suddenly people are like, oh, I don't have to do all of this. I just need to make one shift. And the butterfly effect takes over. It begins to echo and create massive change in my universe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that because it is so true. People that have experienced that, you know, come back and say, if I hadn't have done that one thing, that one step, that one belief, mm-hmm. if I hadn't changed that one belief, 
if I hadn't had the ability to see things, uh, you know, and become aware, more aware, be more consistent, right? Here we're bringing in the 15 laws again, but but it's so true. It's like, John is going to always like royalties. I <laughs> I, anybody that asks me, it's like, if you could only read one book beside the Bible, what would you read? Um, and I always say, start with the 15 laws. Yeah. And when you've exhausted that, go back and do it again. <laughs> And then call me in about two years and we'll talk about your next book. you got to read. It's so crazy. But it's true because all of those themes, and really that's what the Everyday Leaders program is based off of, is finding those themes in your life that, are, that you can be true to that help you focus and become successful in your life. And with you having your Success Coaching Live and your Facebook themes that you do every single morning, it, it draws people into wanting to experience that. And so it's like, hey, if I'm looking for, you know, how, how to evaluate my life, if I'm looking for that next process, if I'm looking for positive results, if I'm whatever Eric's theme is for the day, how do I achieve that? And so what you're able to do every morning is give people tips. Just a quick, you know, scenario and, and kind of what we're doing today um, as in, people join. And if people haven't experienced Facebook Live, it's really great because you can connect to your audience as they send messages to you. And and you, like I, right, you can go into that thought process and say, oh, yeah, and I was thinking about this. That reminds me of, <laughs> but it connects your audience. And so you do that so well. And that's what you do in coaching. And that's why people really connect to you as a coach, because you, you step into them right? It, you have a lesson to teach, but it's about bringing them on their journey to be able to, to take that next step. And so that's why I just adore you. <laughs> and, and that's why I connect people to you. I feel all bubbly and warm. Oh, it's so true. I'm going to soak in that all day. Oh, it's going to be like a pig in mud. Uh, it is, it is so true because you've been such an inspiration. And so, um, but I really want you to talk about like all the things that you've developed. So when you became, you know, when you decided that you wanted to be a professional coach, what, what happened, what was going through your life uh, and how did you decide that, you know, you obviously had all these strengths, but becoming a coach and then joining the John Maxwell team and then being able to kind of transform that, that journey into what you're doing today and all the variety of things that you're doing today. In some ways, I wish it was that intentionally thought out. But from a business standpoint, when and I've, it always seems to be my nature. It's like I see what's not done well, and that's kind of the I personality in me. That it's like if somebody else isn't doing it well, you better get out of my way because I'm going to show you how to do it better. Maybe not the best. Maybe not the perfect. But I see the flaws, and if you're not willing to grow, develop, or become better, then please step aside because here I come. And that's not always the best answer and the most brilliant answer for the way things get done. And so when I started hanging around coaches and listening to people coaching, I was like, yeah, this doesn't feel right. This, this feels hollow. This feels disconnected. Mm -hmm. And then how are they studying it or where have they gotten certification or how many hours have they – and I was seeing these big, huge, ugly gaps. And I was like, do you not understand the sacred trust that occurs in the coaching process? Mm -hmm. 
and you're not honoring it with investing in yourself that you're asking people to invest sometimes large sums of money. Mm -hmm. I say, okay, I, I, I need, if I'm going to do this, I got to get educated. I got to get smart and I got to get smart now. And so that was the beginning of some of it with the NLP and DISC training and John Maxwell training. And I just came back from a coach's camp for three days. And in that class, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't see this. I didn't know this. I, and so I'm always trying to get better at the coaching craft um, because I think currently in our industry, it's so unregulated that just because you lost 12 pounds last week on a cucumber celery diet, you become a fitness coach. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> it's the truth. I, I, and I don't mean to dismay anybody because I'm in real estate too. And I always tease about Sally Saturday who sells a house every Saturday to go out and buy some new shoes. And she calls herself a businesswoman. <laughs> no, you're not. You're Sally Saturday. <laughs> So I wanted to make sure that if anybody came to me as a coach and asked me to coach, that I had the tools and resources necessary to do the job mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And that has been my big why for well over 15 years, unrelated to real estate in general, when I began my first business and I had to figure out what my big why was. It took me a month and like 50 rejection letters from my coach. I was like, good God, I'm so stupid. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go work at Walmart. But, but my big why was... That's not easy, though, that process. Yeah. No, and the, the thing is, and when I coach, we get so many people, I'm like, what's your big why? Uh, to lose 20 pounds. I'm like, easy, cut off your head, done, <laughs> move on. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, that was my big why. I was like, that was not your big why. That was your easy why. Let's figure out the big why. What is going to get your butt up and out of bed on the morning when it's pouring down rain, when your husband is still snoring and the kids are in bed on summer vacation to get up and do what you said you were going to do to have the life that you want to do? Let's tap into that because that's where we can start. Mm -hmm. And so I was fortunate enough to have a mentor and coach that didn't let me get by with pay off credit card debt or provide for my kids' education. Mm -hmm. Those are all valid goals. They're all valid visions. They're all valid missions. But that's not the why that fuels you. That's not the thing that keeps you in the game when nobody's looking. Exactly. And that lets you sit in the middle of your office and cry with your head down on your desk and want to defeat and then go, oh, no, wait, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So my big why became to have the tools and resources necessary to be of service to people when asked. And that sounds really easy, but when I wrote it out in a very long journal letter, it was tools and resources. That's education, that's money, that's time, that's people, that's connection. That's all resources, like all of the resources available in the universe, I want to be connected to in some way through some channel so that when somebody calls on me, I can be of service, not of profit, but I can be of service to them as needed. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't a going out, but a receiving in to be ready to give out. And because I was involved in foster care and kids at risk, the immediate goal was like making sure every kid had a backpack mm -hmm. to go to school. We've now given over, and I don't even run it. I'm not even connected to it. But what we started, the seed that was planted, now gives away about 30,000 backpacks every school year. And they've done this for well over 10, 15 school years to open our home to have foster care kids in and we've had 
20 or 30 in our house, and I've done over 400 kids in my caseload. To be able to set time aside to be here for you because you asked me to and you felt that there was a resource within me that would be of service to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that bigger why always fuels you, like you said. It's always going to give you that permission to say, this is why I am doing this, right? Whatever yeah, the it's cases. a cotton thread through everything that I do. Mm -hmm. I may not immediately see it, but I know that because I've declared that's what I want, the universe is like, hey, you may need this resource, so I'm just going to set it here on the corner of your desk. Wait for it. I'll tell you when it's needed. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like packing And I wake up bag. looking for more resources. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, then, and so for people that are not equipped yet that have not experienced what that can feel like, right? To, to start packing all that stuff in their bag to be prepared. That's part of that journey that we can get them to, right? That's part of that journey that you can help them with is how to understand what that full suitcase looks like, that you have all your supplies ready, that you're prepared, that you're ready to go, that you can do whatever the task is that you're called upon to do. Because they say, you know, um, so many sayings about being prepared in your life and, and what that journey can look like. But as a coach, why you're so great, Eric, is because you help people believe that they can get to the place where they can do all the things, the short-term short goals. Um, but they can actually achieve success in every area of their life by focusing on this one thing. You've taken us through that a lot today, but it's, it is so true. And that's your power because that one thing, being successful in that one thing, reflecting on that one thing in life, knowing that you've achieved that one thing gives you that confidence, that power, that energy to then go to that next step and say, oh, this wasn't so hard. I can do this again. I think I, I can do this now, right? I have the ability to bring others along with me. And that's the gift that you give people. Well, thank you. I feel, like I said, rolling around in this warm mud all day. I'm just going to be happy all day. It's so true. So I know we're, I know you're like, you've got appointments and stuff going on today. So I, I don't want to, um, you know, I want to respect your time, but I want you to, in closing, help us understand how we can connect to you. We've talked about it on the show, but but uh, your purpose is to help coach and connect people through success in their life. So give us a, a short kind of story, a challenge, uh, how to connect to you uh, after the podcast. Oh, there's like three things in there, I think. Yeah. Um, so Eric G. Reed, not complicated, E-R-I-C-G-R-E-I-D. Google it. I've done a really good job through social media of making sure that I at least make it on the first page when you type that word. Any of those links through LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, just find me and then we'll set up time outside. When I, and then when you talk about what does success look like or success coaching or what is it I do, um, I think of a client that came to me recently and they had this huge vision of what they wanted to accomplish. And after a couple calls, there was clearly a pattern that they would build a level of success and then sabotage or build a level of success and then fall back. And they were ignoring the pattern, but 
I kept seeing it. And I finally said, okay, let's talk this through. And they said something in the middle of it that they said, well, I really can't be happy unless I know my dad is. And I was like, whoa, did you hear what I'm hearing? Because I'm going to just reflect this back to you. And they had realized that through that conversation that the success that they were seeking wasn't going to be achieved until they dealt with that sentence. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of success coaching and success life, we may think that it looks like the award at the top of the, you know, being the highest salesman of the month or getting the gold star or having the car and the Cadillac and the million dollars and the six sale boat or six sales on the boat kind of thing. But you're not going to get there unless you deal with those little things that you've been stepping over each time. And so part of that coaching process was like, so you think your dad's not happy? Why is your happiness linked to your dad? What can we do to, to break that, that, that cycle? We went back and talked to dad just to not leave everybody hanging at what happened. Dad was like, I am completely happy. I love my life. Kip was like, but dad, you don't have this. You don't have that. You don't have this. You're not doing this. Dad was like, I don't want that. I am quite happy right here in my Archie Bunker chair. Mm-hmm. And the kid was like, really, Dad? And Dad was like, yeah, go do you. Kid, go do you. <laughs> like, stop connecting. Like, you're grown. Came back into the next coaching call. He's like, I'm ready. I am now officially ready to start building my life. Mm-hmm. The coaching process done well allows for that one interruption of going back and taking care of something else without getting stuck there. And when I say I really listen in, had I not been trained, had I not been focused, had I not understood the dynamics of people, that moment, that that sentence could have gone without really being challenged. And so when I do coaching, I challenge people. I was like, sorry, I don't understand what you're saying. Like Everybody else in your world may believe that BS, but it's not making sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I love doing. And that's what I love doing with businesses because they're like, oh, yeah, we got, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like, your business model does not make sense to me. <laughs> now, I may be stupid or you may be confused. We'll figure it out in a minute. Um, so I just stumble along and try and give my best to the world and figure at some point they're either going to lock me up or raise me up. I'll figure it out later. <laughs> Well, you're such an inspiration. I really appreciate you sharing your life, your story, uh, your journey with me, uh, because it is so important. You're, you are just such a great, uh, I consider you a great friend, somebody I can be a uh, call up and say, hey, I've got this going on, help me figure it out. And so you're, you're one of what I consider one of my mentors. And so it's great to have uh, you. And we get to go so many places together. We do. Just not at the same time. We do. It's funny. People don't know this, but I'll tell this real quick. Everywhere I go, Eric says, I've been there. Let me tell you about a story when I was there on that street corner, on that street, on in that airport. So it's hilarious. But it's so true. You know, if you just start becoming aware of the people in your life that can add value to yours, you can have so much more of a fulfilled life um, in this world. So thank you very, very much for sharing your life with me, for being a part of this Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. And I look forward to all the things that we can share together and, and encourage people to join you every morning, 8 a.m., Success Coaching Live. 
with Eric G. Reed. Thank you. I love spending time with you. Have a great rest of the summer, and we will be connecting soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to Indianapolis, Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. Join me along with the 50 and 50 guests from Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. This exclusive event will take place at the beautiful New Fields Indianapolis Museum of Art on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. You won't want to miss this one-of-a-kind leadership workshop where you will personally engage with these 50 leaders and learn how to apply their strategies to live your life with success. Don't miss this opportunity. You can be a part of this exclusive inaugural leadership summit here in Indianapolis, March 2nd, 2019. Remember, there's limited space available, so reserve your spot now. If you know of anyone that would be interested in sponsoring this exclusive event, please have them contact me directly at make at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Thank you for following the podcast of Everyday Leaders 50 and 50.